Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 27. Sunsets are a strange thing. Sometimes they can make you feel so good, and sometimes they can make you feel so sad. Charlie sat in a chair looking through the window of his Holiday Inn hotel room. The slightest hints of snow hit its highest points. The sky was pastel orange with puffy, scattered gray and white clouds. That day it was sad to look at. He searched his mind trying to figure out what that woman at the embassy could have possibly been talking about. It had been many months since he'd seen Maria. Still, even Father Guerrero had noticed the bond that had developed between them. Was it possible that she'd actually fallen in, yes, the L word, love with someone else during her short time in Colombia? His mind said no, but looking back at his time with her, he realized that it happened with him that way. Maybe this time she was scared to let someone who had gotten close to her slip away. Should he even bother now? That was the question. Maybe all of this had been a mistake. After all, she never had told anyone where she was. Maybe she just wanted or needed, for that matter, to be left alone. On the other hand, he'd come this far. The least he could do was see her for the sake of her family. That way there could be reassurance that she was at least safe and okay. To keep that thought in mind was hard. He really didn't want to see her. Not now. Not under these circumstances. So he wrestled with that. What to do? as the sun dipped below the mountain and an evening turned slowly to night. He was deep in thought when three sharp knocks on the door startled him. Carlos, that you? It was Carlos. He jumped up to let him in. Immediately, Charlie could tell where Carlos' mind was. He missed his family. Charlie went to the phone, sitting on the nightstand next to the bed, as he had done so many times before from Cuidad Norte, he dialed the international number he now knew by heart, then turned to Carlos. What's your phone number? But before Carlos could answer, there was a clicking noise followed by a beep, and then the phone went dead. He began the process over again. Carlos was talking, but he couldn't dial the number and listen to Carlos at the same time this time, before he finished, there were several clicks, another beep, and then the faintest sound on the other end of the line. If he didn't know better, he could have sworn it was the sound of breathing. The phone went dead again. I'm sorry, Carlos, what did you say your number was? Charlie asked again. His finger was at the ready to dial once more. We don't have a phone, said Carlos. The thought never crossed Charlie's mind that Carlos and his family didn't have a phone. He felt like an idiot. I'm sorry, Carlos. I, I thought you wanted to speak to your family, and it's okay, said Carlos. You got a phone in America. 
cell phone too. Well, yeah, you're right. I guess I kind of take things like that for granted. Charlie's little goof didn't phase Carlos at the least. He just kept right on as if it never happened because he could tell his new friend was embarrassed. Why did you keep dialing? It doesn't work. He was pointing at the phone. Yeah, it works. Sort of, I guess, said Charlie. It kept clicking and beeping and going dead. I don't know. Carlos kept a pleasant look on his face. He was pleased that the focus had been shifted from missing his family for a moment. Still, he knew something Charlie didn't. It was very possible Charlie was being watched by the government. This wasn't unusual in places like Colombia, where Americans were looked at with just as much suspicion as in El Salvador. Although Charlie had traveled abroad, his purpose had always been clearly known. This trip looked suspicious to the paranoid government officials, most likely. Maybe there's something wrong with the phone, asked Carlos in a suspicious tone of voice. Charlie caught on quickly. You think someone may be listening to my phone conversations? An American in Colombia. You're on a business trip. You're traveling with me. Okay, said Charlie, I'll tell you what. Charlie picked up the Barranquilla version of the Yellow Pages and handed it to Carlos. Pick a business in here that would be open this time of night. I'll call and see what happens. Carlos took the book and thumbed through the pages. He quickly decided on what seemed to Charlie to be some sort of a takeout restaurant. He dialed the number, handed the phone to Carlos, but stood near enough so they could both hear. Two clicks, a beep, followed by two more clicks. Then the dial tone was back. Whoever was doing this wasn't even very good at it. They kept disconnecting the phone. If that's indeed what it was, they simply looked at each other. Carlos shrugged his shoulders, picked another number, and dialed it. This time, there was a connection. Funny, though, the phone never seemed to ring on the other end. Carlos rattled off in Spanish to an unfamiliar female voice on the other end of the line. He recognized the words comida and comer. They were talking about food and eating. The conversation was short, polite, but obviously to the point. You want to know if someone's watching us? asked Carlos. Charlie was curious at Carlos' question. It sounded like he had some sort of plan or something. What do you mean, he asked. I just ordered some food. Let's go pick it up. Chinese food in Colombia, asked Charlie. This is a big city, said Carlos, smiling. Let's go. You'll be able to see who is following, if it is so. Charlie thought it over quickly in his mind. There really wasn't any reason not to go on this little adventure. Neither one of them were hungry, but a little Chinese sample from Colombia surely would be something to tell his colleagues about, so why not? Come on, let's go, he said. The city lights highlighted the outlines of various buildings and businesses along the street as Carlos steered the car in the direction he figured was toward the place he'd ordered the food from. 
If they didn't find it, it really wasn't going to matter anyway, even though the curiosity of the Colombian Chinese food tickled Charlie to no end. He kept a close watch out of the side view and rear view mirrors as they proceeded down the street. In spots, the streets could have been anywhere USA with its large strip centers full of stores. Some of those were familiar American brand names, gas stations, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Taco Bell stood next to each other just like they did at any busy intersection in America. At that point, there didn't seem to be any cars following them. They had been traveling for 20 minutes. Good thing we already ate, said Charlie. I've got a feeling you don't have any idea where we are. You're right, said Carlos, smiling. But I do see someone following us. Where? asked Charlie, shocked. About four cars back. He's been there for at least ten minutes. Charlie frantically looked through his mirrors, trying to spot what Carlos was talking about. None of the cars looked familiar. He was sure he hadn't missed anything. Which car is it, Carlos? I'm sure I don't recognize any of the cars. It's not the car. It's the bus. A green and yellow bus, presumably a city bus, had been behind them for quite some time. Would they, whoever they was, use a bus to follow them? If they did, it would be smart. Even though Charlie had seen the bus, he didn't realize it was following him, even if in fact it was. Why do you think the bus is following us, asked Charlie. It's a very busy street. The bus hasn't stopped. There are no people inside, replied Carlos. He had convinced himself. Charlie could tell, but he wasn't quite sure yet. Turn, said Charlie. Turn right here. Carlos did as asked. The bus turned, too. Turn again, said Charlie. Again, the bus turned with them. He glanced at Carlos. Maybe he was right. If he was, the clicks and beeps meant that someone was listening to the phone calls from the Holiday Inn, too. He wanted to be sure, though. Stop, he told Carlos. Here? Carlos asked. Yep, right here in the middle of the street. See what he does then. Carlos slowed the car to make sure first that stopping in the middle of the street wasn't going to get him rear-ended. Eventually, he'd slowed the rental car to a stop right there in the middle of the busy street. Both of them kept their eyes focused at the bus. Clearly, the driver was confused. He slowed down, started to stop, realized he'd been had, and sped off after passing on the left. The smell of diesel fuel and a slight steam of gray exhaust followed the bus as it passed. The driver was clearly covering his face with his right hand in an attempt to keep his identity concealed. What do you think now, asked Carlos, as he safely merged back into traffic. Looks to me like he was following us, just like you said. Do you want to follow him now? asked Carlos. Follow him? Yeah. He doesn't know we're following him. I'll stay way, way back. 
Charlie shrugged his approval with his shoulders and nods of the head, but he doubted the driver of the bus would not notice their attempt. He was wrong, though. Carlos was able to stay several cars back. The tallness of the bus kept it an easy target. The acceptable practice of running red lights made it easy to follow the bus, too. The bus eventually exited the busy city section of town and was driving more and more in a neighborhood-type area. As they continued, the neighborhood seemed to actually be very nice. Large two-story houses with manicured lawns and sculpted bushes lighted by bright street lamps. They followed the bus until it began to slow and finally came to a stop in front of a sprawling large building of some sort. To the side of the building was a large parking lot. Carlos turned off the car's headlights so the bus wouldn't spot their closeness. What is this place? asked Charlie. The building wasn't well lit, but the nice two-story houses across the street were. That's not a city bus, said Carlos. What do you mean? asked Charlie. That school bus. Charlie scanned the building one more time. The only light was a dim one that shone on the name of the building, the school. It was the same name the receptionist had given him earlier in the day. It was the school where Maria taught. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.